Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today we have got a rock star, Marina Dejanova, is with us in the house. Personal branding extraordinaire, global speaker, born and raised in Ukraine. And uh, what I love about you is you're radically authentic and you try to make everyone sitting in front of you radically authentic. So excited to have you, friend. I'm so excited to be here. Your energy, the way that you pronounced my name, my last name correctly, all kinds of brownie points. I'm so happy to be here. Huge. I might just stop this whole thing here in 30 seconds and end on a high note. (laughs) Because this is as good as it gets. That's right. (laughs) I've, I've already got you smiling. I've pronounced your name right. Life is good. I have been uh, doing a lot of digging on you, sister, and looking just the programs you do and the way you have conversations with people. You are incredible. There's a misperception, misconception on introverts and having an ability to brand. And I was, and I started thinking a little bit. I mean, Bill Gates, Rosa Parks, uh, J.K. Rowling, all introverts, all seem to have done pretty well for themselves. What are people missing when they're thinking that you can't be introvert and be successful with their radically authentic brand? Um, yeah, it's a very interesting topic because, um, you know, it's 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 harder. Introverts get the shorter end of a stick in in many um, in, in many ways and many contexts. Right uh, now, personal branding is the thing. And we're saying, oh, well, personal branding is for extroverts. Before we said that leadership is for extroverts. Being a CEO is for extroverts. Launching a business is for extroverts. You know, climbing the corporate ladder is for extroverts. And we just know time and time again that it's simply not true. Right. What happens is that when we talk about personal branding specifically, we conflate the ability to self-market and self-promote with the concept of a personal brand. Those are different things. There's a brand and there's marketing. We know this in corporate branding, right? We know that it's completely different. We know that Starbucks is a brand. Their social media post is marketing. And those are two different things. And different brands market in different ways. Some brands, and right now, let's think of corporate to make it easy. Some corporate brands market loudly. They're in your face. They're abrasive. Some will market quietly, more elegantly, right? Because that is their personality. Well, it's the same for human beings. Your personal brand, my personal brand, is a marketable expression of who we authentically are. That's number one. Understanding that, helps us sell ourselves, promote ourselves, because we all do that in one way or another. That's number one. Then number two, how we market ourselves then, of course, it's easier for extroverts to self-market and self-promote, right? It's easier. But introverts do it too, just in a different way. So personal brand understanding discovery, introverts, extroverts, it's completely identical for everybody. How we market will differ depending on temperament and personality. Oh, that's strong. I thought we agreed in the pre-notes that you were not going to show off in the first five minutes. You're already violating the contract, Marina. (laughs) This might be it. There might be nothing else coming. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, no, awesome. That is so good. You mentioned something about who. Is Is the what or the who more important in becoming radically authentic with your branding? So, A personal brand, and this is, again, one of the biggest misconceptions in personal branding, a personal brand is not what we do. A personal brand, again, is a marketable expression 
of who we are. And of course, then that connects with understanding our radically authentic self and who we really are and what our brand is. Why is this important? It is important because none of our professional journeys are linear paths. Whether you're in corporate, whether you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. We don't all do the exact same thing in the exact same vertical our whole entire life. And that's why connecting our personal brand and hinging it on what we do becomes dangerous because then when we pivot, there is no personal brand. So personal brand is an expression of who we are. And then what we do is one of the things that we talk about, not all of the things we talk about, one of the things we talk about, and that can change throughout our careers and professional lives. That's good. So would you say like the who travels and what you're doing doesn't always travel? Is that... That That's ex exactly right. The question of portability, right? Who we are um, after a certain age, when, once we reach adulthood and enough self-awareness, that stays. So the real personal brand positioning doesn't, doesn't change. When people say, I need to rebrand myself, there was no brand. We're not rebranding human beings. Your brand is who you are that stays that static. As you said, what we do then changes um, and doesn't necessarily travel with us uh, throughout our journey. So good. So good. I love it. I got so many different things rocking in my head. So <laughs> I, I heard another person kind of in your lane. They use the term at all costs. It, it separated the, the, the ones that get after and the ones that are wannabes. Agree or disagree? At all what? costs separates the great from the wannabes. I think that in general, having this um, go after it all in mentality helps win. Um, I think that is true. But again, I think that it comes down to the question of temperament. And some people have a much, you know, this all in go for it, at all, no matter the cost approach resonates with me and my personality, right? Type A personality. But I've seen very successful people, you know, um, I lost my father in May of uh, last year, and he had the gentlest, softest, most, you know, um, unassuming personality. And he was incredible at what he did, incredibly successful. Could he have self-promoted more if he were that, you know, no matter the cost type of personality? Sure. But I think the world would be a very loud and very crowded place if everybody was like me or like this person that, uh, um, that made that suggestion. Right. Yeah. I hear you, sister. So, if you could list, I know there's so many, but if you could say, you know what, this, this is the most valuable asset for an entrepreneur, what would that be for you? Um, the ability to create systems and processes, um, that discipline. I, um, over the years, and yes, the list is very long of the different traits and, you know, things that entrepreneurs have in common, but this is one that I've seen time and time and time again, when I meet somebody successful and, you know, entrepreneur, or just maybe this is just common of high performers. Uh, when I meet really successful executives, really successful athletes, the thing that they have in common is discipline, but not only in their lane, not only in building their business. Everything is a routine, morning routine, evening routine. Everything is a routine. That structure, that process and structure in the life, I think it gives clarity of mind as well. I think that is huge. That's awesome. So good. And you do have a unique process. I haven't gone through your system, but just listening to others who have and just diving a little deeper on you, when you meet up with someone, a potential client, or maybe they're already on board, you go as far back as their childhood to figure out what their radically authentic brand is. 
would you be willing to uh, dive a little deeper? Like, why would you do that? What What are some things that make it unique? Of course. So at Brand of a Leader, which is my personal branding agency, it was very important for us from day one to create processes and structure because we wanted to be scalable and replicable and not only hinge on, on the two of us as founders, right? Um, so we wanted to develop our own process of brand, personal brand discovery that can then be executed better by our brand discovery guides. And personally, I'm not in that process anymore. Um, so that's number one. Number two, as I said, our core philosophy is that a personal brand is who you are and not what you do. So it becomes really important for us when we work with you to understand, well, who are you? What will be the cornerstone of your brand based on who you are? So yes, the first, first thing we do with clients, we go through a process of three deep dives. There are three deep dive interviews that we have. A lot of our clients say this is like therapy. We've had a lot of people cry. We've had a lot of people have huge aha moments. We've had a lot of people share something and say, I'd never shared it before. We go really deep. Our first, first exercise is called a lifeline. We ask you to, yes, start at your childhood take us through your lifeline, all of the most significant moments of your life, the highs and the lows. And what we do with that, the reason that we do we do that is to really understand you, really see, well, what makes you, you, right? That's number one. Number two, we'll look for patterns and common denominators to grab onto something and say, well, this is a recurring theme. That can be the angle of the personal brand. And then number three, we write your bio and your bio expresses your story. So your bio, instead of being something really boring and formal, and you know, we'll go to events and different places and we'll listen to these really boring bios kind of on fast forward. Instead, it tells a story, it's emotional. When we read the bios then back to our clients, they say, oh my God, you really know who I am. After such a short time period, how is this even possible? And to us, that is the key differentiator of our process. We know that our competitors don't do that. Oh. That's good, sister. Love it. What I hear you saying is one of your superpowers is being a super listener and that you're into relationships. You're really into these people. It's not just a job to you. You are into them. I love it. So good. That is so important. I, I feel you. That's really good. So does everyone have a brand? Uh, no, not until they discover it. Um, so again, huge misconception when people say everybody has a brand, why you want to be intentional with it to, you know, build out your narrative. Not true. Um, everybody has a reputation. Not everybody has a brand, right? It's very different. And you think that of that, that with businesses as well, right? There might be a local restaurant. It's fantastic. It doesn't have a brand, right? It has a good reputation. That's where you go there. It's same with people as well. So then everybody ha has it. Can everybody uncover it and package it? Well, of course, it's just finding an aspect of something that's unique and then building consistent associations around it in people's minds. So yes, of course. But the first, first question to answer, because you know the biggest problem that I see people make, Brad, is um, going to trying to market themselves. And that becomes really intimidating, cringy, and uncomfortable, right. and then we quit. Um, the first, first question to answer, uh, to ask ourselves and then to get an answer to is, well, what is my brand? What am I going to be marketing? And then it gives a lot of clarity to, to move forward. So most people don't have an answer to that question. Yeah, no, it's a good one. It's, it's a really good one. So how does someone build equity in their voice, in their name? Do you have it? I mean, I, I, is that, is that fair? Uh, how, how does someone build equity in their voice, in their name? How does someone do that? It's a great question because most people don't think about it, right? And most business owners, we realize that we're building equity in our business, we're building equity in our corporate brand, but we're not really thinking of building equity 
in our personal brand? You know, what does that mean? And so far, there are also no scales to tangibly measure that, right? Personal brand equity. That's one of the things that we're working on at, uh, at Brand of a Leader, measuring that so you can measure your personal brand equity. Really, it is in more general terms, the recognizability of our names. The more recognizable our names are, the more we have visibility, we have a platform, we have opportunities coming to us. How it is measured specifically is something that we're developing. It's going to be between, you know, social media, number of followers, but then also publications. Do you have a book? All those different things. But of course it can be, it can be built. It just takes time to build up that capital. You are awesome. I am I feel like I've got a shot of Red Bull just getting just pumped into my veins just listening to you talk. So your pops was one of the first entrepreneurs in Ukraine. And for years, you said that you were an accidental entrepreneur. What changed? I mean, you you went from no way am I doing this to accidental entrepreneur to now you're just slaying. What, what changed? Because there's so many people out there right now that could be doing what you and I do. There's so many people that have it in the tank. What is it? What is it? What changed for you? And you know, one of the biggest mistakes um, that I've made in life um, and just multiple times is labeling myself based on a lack of information. And I think we often do that. We say, I am not this or I'm this because somebody said it to us or because we made an assumption on a limited amount of information. I think that's always been my problem. Um, my dad in 1991, as soon as Ukraine became independent uh, from the Soviet Union and we're paying, paying the price for it again today, uh, my dad went and registered a business and it was in machine learning. Um, he was one of the first people in machine learning and translation and those software products. And uh, he was just so overjoyed with the possibility of being able to do that. But I saw how extremely hard it was. I experienced entrepreneurship through the lens of a really broken system where taxation cumulatively was at over 100%. And the government did it on purpose back in, you know, post-Soviet Ukraine to keep tabs on people, right? So if you are running a business, you're clearly not paying all of your taxes because it's over 100%. And then we can always, um, you know, have that uh, leverage over you. you. And then when we moved to Canada, you know, already my dad was in his later 40s and then starting from scratch and building a business seemed like a gripe. And of course, as any good immigrant, I wanted to have a corporate career. That's what we do. We right. climb the corporate ladder. We take pictures of our beautiful offices. We send it back home and it's a check mark, right? So mm. entre- entrepreneurship was not glorified for me. I became an accidental entrepreneur. One of the things that changed for me is I always have felt a little bit weird, a little bit odd, and was called it many times by people. Marina is interesting, not as a compliment. (laughs) She is unique, special, not as a compliment. And I remember attending an event that was hosted by the local chapter of Entrepreneurs Organization, which is a global community uh, for successful entrepreneurs. I was invited to attend. And I remember sitting in a taxi going back home that day and thinking, I found my people. I was not the weirdest in the room. There were a lot <laughs> more weirdos than than me. And I remember that being that aha moment. And then, of course, a series of events that uh, brought me to it. Nonetheless, when I was building my first business for over a decade, I still felt that I'm not really an entrepreneur. I'm an imposter. And it took losing it all, starting my new business and scaling it and growing it and going global 
for me to say, you know what, I have enough proof now to remove that accidental label and to say that this is what uh, what I'm meant to be doing. Oh man, that's 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 so good. I, I was listening to you speak, and and I'm glad I didn't chime in because I, I one, you had me sold at weird. I mean, I, I hung out with you for five minutes. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's definitely radically different. Uh, um, no, uh, I've always taken it as a compliment when someone said I was different. Some people get weirded out or or offended by that, but I don't want to look like anybody else. I don't want to blend in. I've always thought of that as a compliment. So I'm glad you found your people. Uh, a lot of people are radically authentic or different anyway. They haven't found their radical authentic self yet, but there's a lot of people like you, me, and we that they have it in the tank and they think that because they look different that it's wrong. But man, I, I want some flavor in my diet. I, I want to surround myself with people that are that have that going for them. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I often talk about, by the way, we have maybe five minutes left. And then I'm just like kicking you to the curb, sister. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. Yes. I often talk about how perception, people's perception of us is our reality. What do you believe is the most common mishap for people when they're pursuing perception? Because a lot of people are pursuing perception for the brand, you know, social media, whatever perception. Uh, two things, um, two ma major mishaps. Number one is uh, not being authentic. Um, starting to market yourself based on what you think are best practices without taking that step. It, it's crucial of figuring out what is my brand, what is authentic to me, and then creating a plan of action. So that's number one. It falls apart. It's not authentic. And, you th and you're saying, why is it working for that person? They're not even as successful as me. I'm doing exactly what they are and it's not working for me. It's working for them because they're being radically authentic you know donald trump has a huge following because he is radically authentic we might not like the guy we might disagree with a lot of stuff we might be right. turned off and cringed out right. but he is authentic and that's why it works for people for whom that resonates and that's that there's fairness in that that's number one number two as far as perception is not pursuing perception with intention. Uh, what I mean by that is, again, there is no brand if, so a brand is two things I already mentioned. Number one, that unique positioning, being clear on what your angle is, what is your brand, number one. And then number two, consistency of association. I'm going to say Volvo, we're going to think the same thing. I'm going to say McDonald's, we're going to say the same thing. So all those brands, we think the same thing. With personal branding, we often make the mistake of thinking that if I am being authentic, and I'm putting myself out there, people will describe me and perceive me as who I am. True. But as human beings, we are complex. So as we can be very authentic and be described in a hundred different ways, and then there's no brand. So when we're putting ourselves out there, when we're self-marketing, we want to be in pursuit of three to five consistent descriptors that people will uniformly think of when they see or hear our name. So awesome. Question, do you believe in messaging? Is it the content or the context that is more important? Both. I think that in personal branding, when choosing a platform, again, um, of course, we go through the whole process of well, who are the audiences and you know where is this going to fit. But I think in personal branding, context is important and it's important to choose platforms that resonate and that feel authentic. Seth Godin is a prolific marketer. He's not really leveraging social media all that much. The irony, he's a marketer. 
books, uh, podcast, um, incredible newsletter, right? That's his, that's his lane and he sticks uh, to it, which is great. Um, messaging is, incre- is incredibly important. We want to choose two to four topics maximum that we become associated with and synonymous with. Messaging is important. It's all about associations. We want to have one to two topics that position our credibility right? Because uh, we're in the business world. Once right. we want credibility, we're not lifestyle influencers, one to two, and then one to two topics that humanize that credibility, that connect with people, that show that we're not just kind of a self-promotional machine. The messaging is extremely important. Storytelling is key. And then as far as context, it's uh, platforms we choose depending on uh, really personal preference, in my opinion, and what resonates with us. Awesome. So do you believe that people are building a business or building a lifestyle or is it both it depends on the person you know a lot of people build lifestyle businesses and it works for them and i think it's important to again be very self-aware to know what works for us um some some people don't have a lifestyle they're you know hustling slaving away it's you know 18 hour days but they love it that's you know they're they have a dream of scaling ipoing selling and that's great too i think it's individual and i think the biggest problem we make is when we try to standardize things standardize Mm. how we build businesses Mm. standardize what we're in pursuit of and what our goals should be standardize our branding and how to market ourselves and it needs to be unique to each one of us right that is really good so I uh, just got a couple more questions and then we're gonzo, sister. Gonzo. So I'm a big habits guy. Are there a couple habits, like if you start creating these habits right now, create these habits, just one or two, you start doing these daily, they can start turning into your personality and your thoughts and 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 start becoming who you are. You want to do this, start with these couple habits. Are there one or two that you could suggest to our audience? Yes. Um, so the first one I'm going to cheat, it's not a habit, but it completely transformed um, my ability to stay really organized and structured. You know, often as, you know, the weirder people or entrepreneurial people, we can be very scattered, right? Um, so I remember being at an event once and I remember the speaker, it was Cameron Harold. Um, he he has um, an organization that's called CO Alliance. He used to be with 1-800-GOT-JUNK. He's amazing. And I remember him saying at the event, if you are an entrepreneur or an executive and you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. And if you are the assistant and you're so boggled down with all of the administrative tasks, there is no time for a lot of habits and structure. So number one, my game chain- changer has been having an incredible assistant. So I cheated there a little bit, not quite a habit, but it, it yeah, allowed me to be, to be structured and organized. Um, the real habits, um, number one is uh, my to-do list. I use Microsoft to-do. I live by it. I put everything in it. So I don't carry anything in my brain. I don't walk around being like, oh my God, did I forget that? I need to remember that. Where should I write it down? Everything just goes into to-do. And then when it's done, I click on it and and it's done. Number two habit is at the end of the day to do what is called the brain dump. I learned it from a fellow entrepreneur. It's when at the end of the day, I write down everything that's on my mind, everything that needs to be done. And if there's a to do that pops up, then I'll just put it in to do. So when I go to bed, my head is completely, completely clear and nothing is ruminating. And finally, one thing that I found is it's all about taking small steps that then, as you said, will amalgamate and accumulate into something bigger. The biggest mistake that I used to make, and I noticed that a lot of people make, is looking for leaps instead of a combination of small steps. I used to feel that if I don't have time to sit down and read for three hours, then I don't have time. 
And I realized that if I read a chapter a day, which is what I do now, I, I end up, and, and usually once you sit down and have the discipline, you will read more and it accumulates. So small, small steps. Brain dump, to-do list, assistant, and reading a bit every single day have been my my tips. You're definitely a cheater. I feel like that was at least four. Right. <laughs> Overachiever. Yes. So uh, we've got 30 to 45 seconds left to speak with our audience on how they could begin becoming the best version of themselves today. The world needs to hear from incredible leaders. It really is time for us to stop hiding behind our titles, our jobs, and our businesses. And I really, really, really hope, and this is my mission, that I have inspired at least one of you to stand out, to speak up, and to be radically authentic. And you're amazing. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. I know there's a lot of people's that are going to feel fantastic. I know you're a big, uh, you're a big coffee girl. I feel like our entire audience just had a cup full of freedom in this conversation. So thank you so much for hopping on here and, and I hope you have an incredible day. Thank you. You've energized me, I think not for the day, but for the week ahead. So thank you very <laughs> much for that, Brad. You bet. Have a good one.